Tony McAnally was the manager in waiting as a player who's won most things he can in the dugout. Now he's trying to take Cumnock back to where they belong too. A win at Darva last weekend showed just what he's building at Townhead Park. Tony joins us on the show this week and in the first of two parts we look back at his stellar career as a gaffer. He tells us why he was once accused of being a coal thief and we look back at his successful spell at Shots Bon Accord which ended with a year-long ban for a first offence. He explains why he thinks the league setup is better now than it was back then despite his dislike for this season's relegation setup. There's also his near five-year reign at Pollock, the benefits of cutting his teeth in management away from the spotlight, and his little book of players to keep an eye on. As well as that, Tayport Head of Communications Pete McElhaney rounds up the scores from across the country. Plus, there's yet another new feature as former Vale of Clyde manager Mark Mackay gives us his standout performance in the best of the West. It's all here as we go down the divisions. Good to have you along as we take a look at Scotland's lower leagues. Uh, Well, this week we have yet another special co-host. He's assistant manager at Bells Hill and at the age of, I think it was 43 at the last count, uh, he's still pulling on the boots from time to time and scoring. So he tells everybody. It's man of many clubs, Davy Manylaws. Good to have you with us tonight, Davy. Thanks for having me on, Gareth. Thank you. I see uh, you had a 5-2 defeat against Dundonald in the South of Scotland Cup on the weekend. Uh, but you're sitting ninth in Conference A with a couple of games in hand. I think you'll have played Glasgow Uni by the time this goes out, so we won't talk about that game. But uh, a trip to Saltcoats on Saturday. How, how's the season going so far? Yeah, it, it's going it's going good. Gareth, obviously, like every probably club at the moment, we're having the, the guys going away, bit of COVID issues. As you know, the last couple of weeks we've had um, shoot three games called off due to a number of COVID cases in, in our squad. But um, no, we're doing reasonably well. Um, again, just picked up for last season uh, game with, with Derek being the manager. has got to take a bit of credit. Obviously, we brought in players this season again. Yeah, again, no being paid. And we're, we're, we're kind of like just... Um, doing really well and just taking each game as it comes in the season. Obviously, a, wee, a game midweek with Glasgow Uni and a, a, a trip down to Saltcoats on Saturday. So hopefully um, we can pick up six points and get us right back up to the uh, top, top end of the league and, and looking to uh, push for either hopefully getting what, maybe up to winning the league or getting promotion into the championship. And that'll be a, a very good season for ourselves. Good stuff. Well, we're pleased to have you along tonight. Um, A quick word for our sponsors, media agency 44 Creative. Not only do they have photographers, graphic designers, videographers and video editors to help promote your content, brand, organization or event, they now offer website services too. They make creation personal and they'd love to hear from you. Find out more at www.44creativehq.com. And we'll include that link in the show's description on your podcast player too. Back to the show and please do keep the comments and suggestions for guests coming. If you're a club in the lower leagues looking for more exposure, we'd also like to hear from you. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. Or you can contact us through Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. My name is James Orr. 
manager of Cumbernauld Colts, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Cumbernauld boss Tony McAnally is on the show this week. Thanks for being with us, Tony. Pleasure. Thanks for inviting me on, Gareth. We'll, uh, we'll chat some more in a moment, but before we do, we've got the Down the Divisions decider. We'll give you four clues for a particular club from SPFL League One down, then reveal the answer at the end of the show. Tony's got his pen out, so Tony's taken this seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I saw my daughter's got her uni books here, so I just grabbed a pen. <laughs> this week, I'm looking for the club that has won the Junior Scottish Junior Cup twice. One of those wins coming in front of 23,000 fans at Celtic Park. They also beat Celtic 4-2 in the first round of the Scottish Senior Cup in the 1896-97 season. They're playing at the, at the third ground with the same name. And former players include Clutha firefighting hero Frank McKeown. You're both looking a bit baffled. I know, I know Big Franco. <laughs> he was actually on a health and safety uh, training. It was like a defab course for me um, a few weeks ago. So, I, well, a couple of months ago in at Hamden. So I caught up with him. He's a great guy. Franco, he's helping uh, Faz down in the park, I think. No, that'd be right. So Tony, so Tony has no excuse for not knowing the answer, if that is the case. <laughs> We'll find out the answer at the end of the show. Hi, my name's Carlo Walker, and I'm the manager of Mabel, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. I'm Nick Boss, Tony McAnally joins us this week. Well, Tony, uh, a 1-0 win at Darvel at the weekend. Uh, you must have been pleased with the way the boys responded after that 3-2 defeat uh, the previous week against uh, against Auchinleck. Delighted uh, to win. Uh, Darvel are a really, really good side. Um, you know, make no bones about it. I think we've got them at a good time. Um, we, we deservedly won the game, I thought. Um, we, we had a, a really good game plan. We went there, um, not to suffocate the game, but, you know, they're very, very good middle to front. They've got some cracking, cracking players, players that shouldn't be at this level. And uh, I think, you know, they've, they've had a wee bit of, a wee few bumps in the road. Darvel, you know, when I spoke to Michael, Michael's a good friend of mine. And what happened was they're just a very, very good team. And trust me when I say it, when that when that settles down, you know, they've just introduced David Galt into the team. They've got Andy Sterling, they had Alan McKenzie, you know, they've got Jordan Kirkpatrick, um, Ryan Thompson, um, the boy Caldwell, Ross Caldwell, Ian McShane. I mean, that's their front six. Six of the front, well, that's seven players I've mentioned, but that's their front six. And, you know, they're really, really good. They pop it about, they play at a tempo, they see things that other players don't see at this level. And it's a matter of time when they click, someone's going to take an absolute doing off them. And uh, I'm sure it'll happen soon. Um, and I was just really, really glad to win. It was a really terrific win for us. We, we, we played really well on the day and could have scored more. But um, they will, they're going to be a handful, Dapple. Once it settles down, I think there's a lot of players that have came with injuries and whatnot, and they're just finding their feet at this level. But they've got some terrific players, and and they will be, they'll be a real threat in the second half of the season. There's no doubts about it. Does it also, I mean, does that win also, I don't know, have even greater kind of uh, value in it because 
losing to the arch rivals the week before must must you know sting must must uh, pretty deeply. Yeah, I mean I I missed it. I can like Talbot game. I had COVID. Um, unfortunately, I don't know how I, I, I contracted it. I was in the house for three days prior, and then I tested on Tuesday, and you kind of knocked me down with a feather. But I, I missed the Auckland Talbot game. But by all accounts, we done really well for 65, 70 minutes, contained Auckland. We're two in front, and we had a crazy five, ten minute spell where they scored three goals in, I think, seven minutes. And Auckland can do that to you. Um, obviously, when I went back into training last week, uh, or back in last week, the boys were a bit down, but you know that's my job to lift them as uh, the manager, the leader, and uh, get a reaction out of them, and, and we've done that. But you know you get the same three points for beating Darvo as you do Auchinleck, as you do Pollock, as you do Blantervix. So you know it's three points. We were disappointed. We move on, and uh, you know we've still got another game against Talbot at their place, and we'll be better placed because we. We have missed an awful lot of players this year. Um, up until, what, four games ago, I had three out my back, four out, and I didn't have my striker, and I didn't have some wide midfielders. So I've, I've been patching together a team. I've had, you know, up, we've, we've bloodied five under-20s, you know, this season, and some of them have played more games than they should have and started more games than they should have. And uh, it's credit to the boys that they're learning. So... You know, we just need to suck that up, that start that we had, and we lost games that maybe we shouldn't have. And uh, but once I've got my players back, I'm confident we'll be we'll be a handful for any team. And I think it's proven in the last what four four games we've beat we've beat Darvo, beat three two with Talbot, beat Pollock, beat Cowinning. I think we beat Larks as well. So that's been our last kind of four or five games since I've got three out my back, four back. I've got you know, players back and, and, and we're starting to go the right way now. I've still got another three that probably two will be back on Saturday. Uh, Hashim Bakara, striker. Um, Ali Miller will probably be back on the bench as will Callan Veach. So, that I mean, they're three forward going players and we have missed them. There's no doubts about it. Just before uh, I bring Davey in, uh, those Auckland like Cumnock games, Cumnock Auckland like games, do they still hold that kind of the same appeal, the same rivalry, the same? I don't know. I, I know you weren't there that game, but is the atmosphere, everything about it, still as still as kind of good as ever? Oh yes, <laughs> it's still very tribal. Um, you know what was it? Twelve hundred and fifty-two was at the game. It's the highest attendance in the West of Scotland League this year, and it probably will be until we play Talbot at their place. Um, or there's a big, you know, cup tie or something like that between. You know, teams, but yeah, I mean, the two, the town of Cumnock and the village of um, Auchinleck, you know, the, the, they're a mile apart, and uh, yeah, it's quite fierce the rivalry. I've noticed that since I've been there, and, and that comes from someone that, you know, has managed Pollock, and the, the Atherley Pollock rivalry was tough as well, but, you know, Cumnock, uh, Cumnock and Talbot, yeah, the, the fans have still got that. <laughs> That little bit about them, I so I've been. I'll tell you a story, Gareth. I've been, I've been called a few things in my career. You know, David will probably know some of the stuff I've been called, but <laughs> because I support a certain team, or you know, I've been involved with um, a certain club or something like that. You know, you're called this and that. But um, I got a new slagging one time. I was down in Tesco in Cumnock. 
and it actually just is right on the border between Ock and Lake and Cumnock, and it's a 24-hour Tesco. And you know that way I walked in to get water for training, and uh, I was walking in, and there was two guys from Ock and Lake approaching me. They had the strips on, the hats on, the caps on, the everything on, you know. This is like a Monday night when you say, okay. And they obviously recognised me, and I thought, you know that way where you're walking towards somebody, I'm saying, they're going to say something to me. And... Uh, I was walking by, and one of them was pretty respectful, kind of nodded, and the other one called me a coal stealing bastard. So <laughs> I, I turned and I says, "What did you call me?" He says, "You're a coal stealer." And I, I just went, "All right, okay." And I walked on, <laughs> and I walked out, and when I got into the club, I said, "I've just been called a coal stealing basket there, you know." And he went, "Aye, aye, that, that's a." That's a kind of put down from Cumnock to Ong Lake, knocking Lake to Cumnock because it was mining towns and wow, we right. call each other coal stealers. You stole the coal off us. You stole the coal off us. And I was like, well, there's a new slag. In it. You've been called worse. I, well, I know how. A lot worse, but it was just, I'd never heard that one before. That was all. Tony, obviously, um, Last season, due to COVID, um, a lot of teams didn't play, and this was probably really going to be the proper season for the Premier League regarding players and teams coming back. And obviously, um, what I said last year, a lot of the big hitters coming back into the league. So, how have you found that? We we obviously having to bring the guys back, maybe some of the guys not playing for a year, and getting that speed and momentum up to the level that's required in the Premier League. What 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 I would say it's a good question, David. What what I would say is that the teams that that took time out, um, I think uh, a lot of the teams have had kind of conditioning issues. It's okay, boys, going on uh, cycle runs and five k's and ten k's and sit ups and whatnot. But football training, as you know, is different. So that that was a big that was a big thing for us. We started pre-season early. We brought the boys back a night a week. Then it was a night a week and a Saturday and then into our normal routine. What I would say is, in terms of the Premier League, I think there's a lot of, I'm not saying staleness, but there's a stagnation of players. Because what happened was all the teams that took time out re-signed most of their squad. So there wasn't that changeover of players that you would normally see. So what's happened is the, the teams that did play um, I think some of them had an adverse reaction. Some came together better. So the likes of Butch down at Beath, um, probably Moff at Clyde Bank, they had got their players together a year earlier. Whereas the likes of ourselves um, and other clubs, you know, I could mention a few, but speaking about Cumnock, I mean, I brought in nine new players this summer. So you've got to bed those in. You've got to gel them, gel them in. You've got to get a togetherness, a team spirit. What's the best formation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that was how that is. But in relation to the West of Scotland Premier League, David, it's super, super competitive. Um, if you are five, ten percent below being at it, you're beat. You don't get a result. Um, and it doesn't matter who you play. It, they added. Um, the added um, complication you've got this year is you've got a, an unrealistic relegation of seven teams, and that is terrible. I, I just think that was an awful decision. 
Um, it puts unnecessary pressure on a lot of teams. And what I would say is, because of the ultra-competitive nature of the Super Premier League, teams that you could you could be sitting there maybe third or fourth in the league, have a bad month where you've got injury suspension. You might lose three games, draw one and, and draw two, and you've taken two points out of 15, and you've went from third down to 11th. And all of a sudden, you, you, you're in that slippy slope, and, and teams have moved up the way, and you've moved all the way down. So... It's it's going to be it's a difficult one. You've got to stay above that tide line, I think. And uh, once you get to a certain point, I think what you'll see is you'll you'll see one team cutting adrift, then two, then three, and all of a sudden, instead of it being seven down, you, you'll start to talk about it'll be five from eighteen, then it'll be four from seven, you know, sixteen or whatever. And then what's happened is you you'll be able to see probably around about Christmas who's who and is who and where they'll be, uh, if I'm being honest with you. But it is, it is really, really competitive. And do you think that'll become a league in a league? Two leagues in the... the I think it'll league. become three leagues, Davey. I think it'll be um, the teams at the bottom trying to get out. I think it'll be that kind of middle group that are trying to break into the top group but stay above the relegation. And then you'll maybe have a top three or four that are fighting out for the title. The way it's looking just now, you know, Clyde Bank look as if they're legitimate contenders to Auckland and Leck. Um, but I wouldn't rule out your Darvels and your Colwinnins and your Pollocks to be in amongst it because um, Auckland and Leck set a terrific standard. They've not been beat. I think they've drew twice. But every team goes through a bad spell, where it's a bad month, a bad six weeks. And also as well, what I would say is the top teams that are sitting in the division just now. Auchinleck's only played Clyde Bank, I think. They haven't played anyone else. They haven't played Darvel, Pollock, Colwinnan, etc. Um, you know, Clyde Bank's been to Talbot. Um, so there's there's a lot of games. They've still all to clash. The, the teams at the top, I'm not saying they've had an easier start or whatever. You've got to play everybody twice. But what I would say is they, they have kind of played a lot of the bottom teams and they've managed to pile the points on. But it could turn, that could turn very, very quickly uh, with the fixtures, how they're aligned. You know, don't discount someone like a, a Cumnock or an Irvin Meadow or a Beath coming through the middle of the pack and pushing up. Um, and all of a sudden you go, where did they come from? It just could be that, you know, you get a run, of, a, a favourable run of fixtures, home games, you hit a bit of form, you've got your team back, you've no injuries, you've no suspensions. And all of a sudden, you win five games in the trot. And, and you go from middle of the division up to fourth or third. And, and people say, what's happened there? It's just it's just that's the way it is. That's how the, the, the competitive nature of that division, it's really cutthroat. You, you were appointed uh, Cumnock manager, I think, November 2019, after Paul Burns left. Um, you know, Going in there, obviously, you'd, you'd have managed down there and everything, but... Is it, is it one of these clubs that until you're actually in the inner sanctum that you then really realise how big a club it is and and, and the focus that's on, that's on it? I know you've managed, you know, you have managed before that, so it's not, management in that sense with a club with expectation wasn't new, but has Cumnock just got that something else? Yeah, I mean, I always felt, I, I went down to Cumnock um, as a shots manager when we won the Junior Cup. We played them the following year and beat them 4-2. Um, I think it was the quarterfinals or the fifth or sixth round. And there was, there was well over 1,500 at the game. It was packed out. 
Um, and then I've played against Cumnock with Pollock, and they were always a big, big club. I mean, I, when I was manager at Pollock, we beat Cumnock in the West of Scotland Cup final. Cumnock had a bigger support there than Pollock, and the game was at Newlandsfield. So they've always been a big, big club. But it just could be just a combination of, you know, a lot of things. They, they, they just strive to be up there. I mean, they were a massive, massive club in the 70s, 80s, 90s. I remember them. They, they were always competing at the top end for all the trophies. You know, when I was a young boy, I used to go to the Junior Cup finals with my dad. Um, but they are a massive club. I mean, Cumnock as a town has got 13,000 as a population. And I'll be honest with you, the majority of them are all for the club. I mean, the social club's rammed. Uh, the stadium is a community hub now. I mean, they've got everything from, I think, three or four-year-olds running about before training. And they've got, you know, fun fours, five-a-sides, seven-a-sides, right up through the academy up to the under-20s. They've got girls' teams, they've got women's teams, they've got amateur teams. I mean, it, it goes like a fair. And, and the person who will come after me, you know, will get that benefit of all these boys and, and girls, you know, pushing through and, you know, the, the sponsorship. I mean, I think there's over 100 or 150 boards round about the club. It's all local businesses. They're all for the club, you know, and that's credit to the likes of Alan Orr, Kevin Orr, the commercial guys at our club, Alistair King, Jamie, Jamie Campbell, you know, John Mitchell. It's absolutely rammed. Everybody's for the club, and that—that's the thing that I have noticed. They—they they do want a successful club, and but it takes time to do that. It, you, you've not get—you don't just add water, put a few players in, and you know you've got a team. You know you, you're coming from a place where it was really difficult when I joined. Um, we had played three more games than everybody in the division, and we were joint 14th in a 16-team league, and I think we only had. 12 games to go or something like that. So it was a kind of, you had to really put the foot to the pedal and, and try and get things going there. Thankfully, Mark Cameron came in for me, who's a brilliant guy and a brilliant coach, and he's been a manager at Atherley and been at Albion Rovers and whatnot. And I've known Branco for years, and we, we started to get something going. You know, I think the last games, we had six clean sheets. I think we had six wins out of eight and two draws. It was something ridiculous like that. But the first couple of games, it was a kind of win-lose, win-lose, lose-draw. You know, we, we didn't. But then we just hit something. We found a formation that worked, and we, it was a formation that got us results, and uh, it pushed us up. I think we ended up eighth or something like that, which was quite a remarkable turnaround in a 16-team league. Um, so, yeah, we're just trying to build that momentum again and, and, and move on. So, yeah. Tony, obviously gone in, we, as you say, the first season you went in there with like, uh, 12 games to go. Obviously, as you said, you, you had to put your foot to the metal, but surely it's going to take, as, as we knew, me and, me and Derek, when we went to Kaluk, you've got players there that you're going to have to analyse, um, study, get to know whether they're going to fit into where you want to play. So, obviously, saying that you'd, you'd do obviously probably 12 games, you really probably, I would assume, only had probably about six, maybe seven that you really realistically, once you set what you had and what you wanted to achieve, to probably get you at that predicament. Would, aye, would you say that's correct? Aye, it, it, it really was, David. You know you know what it's like when a new manager comes in. You either get the new manager bounce 
if, if the person knows you know what they're doing or you get the just the players are just not good enough you know the team's not good enough and and it's up to the manager to try and get the best out of the boys and um yeah so you know i've been at cumnock i mean it, believe it or not it's two years come november but i've actually only managed them something like 20 games or something like that um but you know nearly been there two years but we've really only had one transfer window and i managed to bring in some players but it's going to take time you know there's a lot of teams we are head start on us you know you you think you think you know chris strain he's been at at in seven years he's, he's bedded down his ethos and his style of play you've got moff who's been at clyde bank you know maybe two or three years now and uh, but he knew the club as well, so he's bedded down his ethos and his philosophy. He's got the the type of player that he wants. You know, Mick, you know, he's got a fantastic budget. He can go and get who he wants, and he's trying to bed that down. And then you've got the master of them all. You've got Tommy Sloan, who's been what 14, 15 years, a phenomenal record. You know, will never be surpassed. But Tommy knows what players he wants, and he doesn't tend to change. It's maybe one or two in every year and he just refreshes it and uh, he's got that winning formula, that winning machine. And uh, we, we, we're we coming from a, a long way back to try and catch these teams. So um, I'm hoping that next summer, you know, we can maybe do two years worth of improvements in the one the next summer. And it means that then, you know, we're, we're a more established team. Uh, but this year, you know, First things first, we need to just make sure that we're safe, we're at the right end of the table and we're competitive in the, cl- the Cups. And that's that's the aim for the season entirely. Hi, I'm Paul Maxwell, manager of Ashfield Football Club, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Now here's Tayport's Head of Communications, Pete McElhaney, with the first half of his look back at last week's scores. The Lowland League, Bonnie Regrows 2, Rangers B 5, Cumbernauld Colts 1, Broomhill 2, East Kilbride 3, The Spartans 1. The West of Scotland Premier League, Ben Burb 0, Irvine Meadow 1, Bonneton Thistle 0, Wutherglen Glencairn 2, Plantair Victoria 0, Auchinleck Talbot 3, Cumbernauld United nil, Clyde Bank two, Darvel nil, Cumnock Juniors one, Pollock one, Rosvale nil. The West of Scotland Conference A, Glasgow University three, Mabel three, Irvine Victoria nil, Muirkirk three, Johnson Borough nil, Girvan nil, Selkirk Victoria one. Fourth Wanderers 9. The West of Scotland Conference B Newmans United 1, Renfrew 2, Thornywood United 2, Gartcairn 4, Kelo Rovers 1, Port Glasgow 3. The West of Scotland Conference C Drumchapel United 2, East Kilbride Thistle 1, Larkhall Thistle 2, Vale of Clyde 0. St Anthony's 1, Kilsyth Rangers 2, Vale of Leven 1, Glasgow Perthshire 2, Yoker Athletic 3, Lanark United 0. 
in the West of Scotland Division 4, BSC Glasgow 2, Hartel Royal 2, Campbelltown Pupils 2, Harmony Rule 6, St Peter's 3, Finnert 1. In the East of Scotland Premier Division, Crossgate Primrose 2, Genefield Swifts 4, Inverkeithling Hillfield Swifts 2, Broxburn Athletic 2. In the First Division Conference A, Resyth 6, Ormiston 0, Thornton Hibbs 3, Wreath Athletic 3. In the First Division Conference B, Burntisland Shipyard 1, Peebles Rovers 4, Wincarty 1, Gwynrothes 1, Stirling University 1, East Houses Lily 2. And into the First Division Conference X, Bathgate Thistle 2, Stonyburn 3. And now the East of Scotland Qualifying Cup, Arniston Rangers 3, Kirkcaldy and Dystart 1, Dooney Pace 2, Edinburgh United 2, Edinburgh United 1, 4 3 in penalties, Edinburgh College 3, Dalkeith Thistle 6, Gretna 2008 0. Bonus United 4 Kennaway Star Hearts 2 Lockhore Welfare 0 Newton Green Star 0 Civil Service Drawers 4 Penny Cook Athletic 11 Hallwick Royal Albert United 2 St Andrews United 0 University of Stirling 6 Tweedmouth Rangers 0 Gallifrey Dean Rovers 10 West Calder United 2, Berwick Rangers 3. The South of Scotland League, Lochar Thistle 0, Crete Town 1. The South Region Challenge Cup, Round 1, Ashfield 4, Greenock 6, Beath 2, Neilston 1, Bells Hill Athletic 2, Dundonald Bluebell 5, Caledonian Braves 3, Shotsburn Accord 1, Camlin 2, Kirkintilloch-Rabroy 1, Curlick Rovers 1, Cambus Lang Rangers 6, Craig Royston 2, Armadale Thistle 6, Dalbeatty Star 0, Whitlitz Victoria 1, East Stirlingshire 1, Winwithgore Rose 2, Edinburgh South 2, Whitburn 4, Edinburgh University 1, Harriet Watt University 1, Edinburgh University 154 in penalties, Glasgow United 4, Dovey Thistle 1, Gwynafton Athletic 2, Craig Mark Burntonians 1, Haddington Athletic 2, Dunbar United 1, Hellbeath Hawthorne 1, Saukey 2, Coburnie Wadeside 9, Ardeer Thistle now, Co-winning Rangers 7, Ardross and Winton Rovers 0, Canoe 5, Lockelly Albert 2, Luger Boswell 6, Wigtown and Blanach 2, Maryhill 1, Arthurley 2, Musselburgh Athletic 0, Tynecastle 1, Nisdale Wanderers 2, Harrowford 7, Oakley United 3, Kilsyth Athletic 1, Petershill 5, Glenvale 0, Pumperson 5, 
Bale of Leaven, 1. Royal Albert, 2. Wishaw, 3. St. Rocks, 1. Largs Thistle, 2. June 13. Mid Annandale, 0. Upper Annandale, 0. Les Mahago, 4. Whitetail Welfare, 2. Coldstream, 4. The South Region Challenge Cup, Round 1, Ashfield 4, Greenock 6, Beath 2, Neilston 1, Bells Hill Athletic 2, Dundonald Bluebell 5, Caledonian Braves 3, Shotsborne Accord 1, Cam 1 2, Kirkintilloch-Rob Roy 1, Curlick Rovers 1, Cambus Lang Rangers 6, Craig Royston 2, Armadale Thistle, 6. Dalbeatty Star, 0. Whitlitz Victoria, 1. East Stirlingshire, 1. Unwithable Rose, 2. Edinburgh South, 2. Whitburn, 4. Edinburgh University, 1. Harriet Watt University, 1. Edinburgh University, 1 5 4 in penalties. Glasgow United, 4. Dovey Thistle, 1. Gwynafton Athletic 2, Craig Mark Burntonians 1, Haddington Athletic 2, Dunbar United 1, Hellbeath Hawthorne 1, Socky 2, Kilburnie Wadeside 9, Ardear Thistle 0, Co-Winning Rangers 7, Ardross and Winton Rovers 0, Canoe 5, Lockelly Albert 2, Luger Boswell 6, Wigtown and Blanach 2, Maryhill 1, Arthurley 2, Musselburgh Athletic 0, Tynecastle 1, Nisdale Wanderers 2, Harrowford 7, Oakley United 3, Kilsyth Athletic 1, Petershill 5, Glenvale 0, Pumperson 5, Vale of Leven 1, Royal Albert 2, Wishaw 3, St Rocks 1, Largs Thistle 2. Tune 13, Mid Annandale 0, Upper Annandale 0, Les Mahago 4, Whitetail Welfare 2, Coldstream 4. Hi, I'm Gordon Moffat. I'm the manager of Clyde Bank, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. For, for focusing on management, obviously going into to shots and uh, I guess a place where you'd you'd enjoyed a you know a playing career as well. But you know, was was management always something that that you wanted to to do? And uh, just how easily did you take to management? I'm fortunate in my professional career, uh, Gareth, that I was a manager quite young. Um, I started out being a manager in my professional career when I was 23. Um, I'd played football, I'd went to university. Um, I've been to uni twice, you know, a couple of degrees. You know, I've been fortunate in that I've got a pretty successful professional career in terms of, you know, I've been managing director, I've been chief operating officer, which I am now. I've been director of businesses and stuff like that and big businesses. And management came easy to me because I'm the type of person that cares about people. 
and and what's happened is David might tell you as well. You know, when I played football, I always looked out for the boys. Although I was a player myself, I always tried to. If a new boy came, even if he was competing with me for the position, I welcomed him to the club and tried to help him. And 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 that kind of thing came natural to me, um, managing people. So management, I don't know. I I tend to think that. You tend to know the ones that are going to be managers if you play with them. Um, you can tell he's going to manage or he's going to coach or he's just he just wants to play and just retire and go and play golf or whatever. But, you know, I would always like to think that I had managerial traits and leadership traits. Um, you know, I've, I've learned professionally how to treat people um, and I try and bring that into my football environment as well. So I have one to one with players. Uh, regularly, I speak to all my players one to one every every month. Um, you know, in terms of contractual talks, I can deal with that because I do a lot of commercial negotiations at work. So, you know, contracts contract talks with players is easy for me. You know, I've got a budget. You know, I'm used to having a budget. Um, you know, work wise. Um, so, having a budget at football is easy as well. Um, so you just try and get the best possible players you can, but You've got to be fair to all the players. You can't if certain players are way up here and you know a bunch of players are way down there. So you've got to be fair to all players because players will talk eventually. What are you getting? What am I getting? And and I would be a fraud if I if I was unfair to players. And I've always found that thankfully, you know, over the over the, the years, players have always kind of wanted to play for me. You know, so that's that's been a blessing that obviously I, I've tried to help players. I find I, I, I'm the type of manager that likes to see growth in a player, that likes to improve a player, that likes to develop a player. And even ones that are slightly older, I try and give them respect and say, you're an older player, you're part of my leadership group. I want you to run the dressing room on my behalf. Um, so, you know, and, and so, for example, down at Cumnock, you know, I've got a leadership group. I had that at Shorts, I had that at Pollock, etc. I had it at Lanark as well, where I'll maybe pick four or five players and what I'll tell them is, you know, you're part of my leadership group, captain plus maybe three or four others. And I'll say to them, when it comes to negotiating bonuses, it's you I deal with. If it comes to nights out, I want you to deal with. If it comes running the dressing room, it's you. If it's if it's setting standards on the training ground, it's you too. If it's setting standards and getting the boys up on a Saturday, it's you too. So I give people responsibility like that. And that that has always kind of worked for me. And then what's happened is the younger ones look up to the older ones. And the younger ones then become the older ones, you know, when you work with them longer. So, you know, I can point out a few players that I've had for a long time, like Mark Sidesurf. So, I mean, I took Sidey as a skinny 21-year-old from Mary Hill to shots, played him left midfield. He hated me. He was a left back. I made him pick up because he's six foot one and he told me he couldn't head the ball. Now he's exceptional now. Um, and then eventually, you know, I, I did play my left back and he just thrived in that environment and I had him you know four years at Shots and I had him four years at, at Pollock and he's a fantastic player and a fantastic boy and and what's happened is but that comes from him being in the younger group then he begins more experience he gains more he wins things he's more confident blah de, blah de, blah and you, and you move them up through the, the ranks you know so now you know I look at Sidey we have a great deal of pride even when I play against him and say I'm glad I worked with him and I, I gave him something. And but ultimately it's it's down to him 
you know, how good a player he's become. He's a fantastic player and he's a brilliant lad as well. Very humble, very down to earth. Goes about his football, loves his football, loves a night out, trains hard. You know, great boy in the dressing room, no hassle, easy to manage. Brilliant guy. But I've had loads of them in my career. David Winters, Robbie Winters, Carlo Monte, you know, Big Cosy down at Cumnock's fantastic. Smart Osadola's brilliant. You know, you know, I've had John Boyack, I've had the McStays, I've had Paul Funnigan's at Shorts. Fantastic boys, you know, Alan McKenzie, I took him as a young lad. He's played against me on Saturdays, a 30-year-old dad, Alan, when he was 19. So I've had him, I signed him three times and great lad, brilliant lad, very intelligent, great trainer, great attitude. And, you know, and I know what he's got and I, I, you've got to make special concessions when you play against boys like that because I know what he's good at. So to try and stop him on Saturday, he's trying <laughs> to beat me. So, I, so it's just wee things like that where you just, the managerial thing I think comes naturally to me. Um, and a big thing about managing a football team is you've got to see talent. You've got to be able to see a good player and say, oh, aye, I like him, and take a note of it and, and see, right, I'll keep an eye on him or get somebody to go and watch him and see if they see what you see. So, you know, that, that that's another thing that you need to have as a manager, a skill for an eye for a player, I think. And I think, obviously... Um, we like, like uh, Bell Sill, we Derek, who I'm, I'm with as well. Tony, he's he's done it like we were at uh, Kaluk and then now we're at Bell Sill. And obviously, when you're not paying anybody, you're kind of like just getting the guys to come and you want to get them better. And, and fair play to Derek, uh, two, two times since we've been managing, he's managed Kaluk and Bell Sill. He's been able to pick the players up to allow him to get on the platform and then m- let them go and move on to bigger and better things. Like even last year, we took the boy Matty Grant. Who Excellent. played with Excellent. and then and then then went to Pollock. So as you say, it's it's getting that having that eye for a player, but giving him that platform to say we'll give you your stepping stone. No, mm-hmm. even if it's just with Belsill or even coming up with you guys to obviously go and maybe play um, first division championship. But, but getting them that platform to play with yourself at um, Cumnock, and I think yeah. that that takes again with me with, with Eric. I think he takes a lot of credit to him, similar with you do, getting the boys a platform and the camaraderie to move them on. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's a it's a big it's a kind of art and a skill that you've got to have. If you don't have budget, then you've got to develop players. If you've got budget, then you can buy you can go and get better players. But I, I like to do a kind of hybrid of that where. If you've got budget, then go and get the best player you can, but also bring in some projects. Um, I've got some terrific young players at coming up, really, really talented. Um, you know, Nathan Baird, Paul Smith, you know, Jamie Conn, um, Nathan Baird, Greg Ferry, you know, really, really good players. These boys are only 19, 20, 21, and they're playing Premier League and they're cutting their teeth, but they will be really top players at this level once you get a couple of seasons under their belt. They're really, really talented. Owen Bell's an R cracker. I mean, Bell's Hill, I mean, I have seen you, Dave. I, I have seen you earlier in the season. I liked your centre forward. You know, you, you must have picked him for somewhere. Um, was that when Davey was up front? Aye. No, I don't think he was. He's still talking about me. <laughs> um, no, no. Let, let, you let's know see. the boy I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, we've yeah. Got, obviously you get the, the boy Swan, uh, Jordan, and you've got Murray Loudon, and now the two the two front guys who 
you know, when you've got players like them, everybody's going to be looking at the type of players. But again, we seem to get guys, and again, it's fair play to Derek, that we kind of like guys who come, as I said on the podcast previously, the boys come to us through the boys that we've got, and then we just give them a platform, get them back and join the football, and Derek does that that really well. And then we know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, when you're not paying anybody, you can't. You're looking at saying we'll give you a platform. If if we're doing well, you're doing well. Everybody is it winning, and if if you get a better opportunity, then then so be it. And that's yeah. for us what it is. And and listen, we're not naive to think, and Derek's not naive to think that. When we're doing well and the guys are scoring, or even at the guys at the back, when we brought a couple of boys in um, at the back, you're thinking I've got a half a chance to, to go and maybe play at a higher level. Then when, when you're, you're not going to stand in their way because at the end of the day, when you can't offer them financially to, to, to be at the club, then you're going to have to just say, listen, we'll give you a platform and move on. And, and listen, sometimes, you know, you get more credit for being able to do what we're doing and then get gets obviously Derek probably in later times um, moving on in everybody's um, radar to say you need to go and have a look at this guy That's yeah. this is what he's doing down there with, 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 with very little budget you know so and as you said we're not naive to think that people like yourself coming up can, and obviously a, a few of the other big hitters in, in the, the Premier League are looking at guys and going Give him a opportunity, and that's what happened with, with Marty. To be fair, at, at Pollock, people watched him, and we wouldn't, we weren't going to stand in his way and, yeah. and let him pro- progress himself. But we get the benefit for, for half a season. Yeah, he, he, he was, he's a terrific young talent. So he has, you know, we you know? played Pollock recently, and he was excellent. Um, I saw Pollock playing Darvo when our game was off against Benburb, and he was excellent um, yeah. against Darvo. In fact, he's, he kind of, he, he really took the fight to. To Darville that day when I saw him playing with Pollock and even against us we had to really really keep our eye on him because he's got a brilliant turn of pace and he can play that right back coming on or he can play that wing back and he's really really a dangerous player and uh, you know it's, it's he's at a good club you know and you know he'll get coached right by you know Murdy and Budgie and Bagus as well you know so he'll, he'll try and kick on he'll be playing with better players as well and that will bring his game on, as you know. Davey, I was going to ask you, Tony and yourself go way back as players. Could you see Tony being a future manager with the way he conducted himself as a player? Oh, without doubt. Obviously, as I said, when I when I went to, to Shorts, you know, I've came in and, and as I said, he, he, one thing I'll, I'll say about Shorts with, with Tony and, and the other guys, it was a great learning curve for me. You know, it gave you a realism and reality mixed into one within um, a team environment and as I said when I Tony was right what he said there when I played with him he would always give you advice to point where to go you know if and, and if you needed a wee bit of a help on the park he, he would always communicate and that and, and definitely you know you could as I said Tony knows you can tell within the guys that you're training the ones that are going to maybe go into coaching and the ones that are, are maybe not really that bothered, and, and Tony was definitely one of them. And, and to be fair, you know, um, and 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 again, he was he was he was a quality player as well. You know, at that point, shots were probably the probably big hitter, and uh, again up there with Pollock and and Affley at that at that time, with the players that you were looking and going, they'd all been they'd all had seen serious credentials playing with senior teams and. You know, it'd been about the game, and 
and um, he's, he's fairly, you know, I mean, I knew straight away I was like, he's obviously going to have a have a, a decent finish to his career and then and go into management. But you know, there's other guys like I'll just follow as, as Tony said. But no, definitely, definitely. Tony, you uh, you won the Scottish Junior Cup at shots, and then I mean, well, first of all, how, how great a, how great an experience was that? Phenomenal. Um, you know, outside uh, my two kids being born and, and and you know you know getting married and stuff like that, you know, in terms of football, that's the pinnacle. You know, to do it as a manager was phenomenal, and a brilliant, brilliant group of boys who are still very, very tight to this day. Um, the 10 year anniversaries uh, next year and you know we're planning to go away but fantastic you know fantastic run um, boys that were on 35 quid a week that was the average wage um, we came right through we were our first division team we weren't a Premier League team we were a first division team but just team spirit was unreal and that, that, that group of boys um, just wanted it for each other you know and, and I had a group of boys about 20 and and I, I said to them you know it doesn't matter who plays you are on it together and you've all got a fair crack and they did and they all contributed throughout the, the season to win the league the league cup the Scottish cup you know we, we had a great four years at shots we got a f- what, four or five finals and um, we won we won leagues we won promotions you know we won the Scottish we won league cups we won different things so they were a great group of boys but that that was the, the a brilliant, brilliant day, and I was, I was at that time, I was quite a young and hungry manager, Gareth. I was, I think at the time, somebody told me um, when I won it, I think I was about forty, forty. I think I was the youngest manager to win it, um, but then I think Southie's the youngest manager to win it now, but. You know, I, I didn't know. You, you know how you get hit with all these statistics after the event. You're the youngest manager. They do this and blah, blah, blah. And the, you know, but I, it was just a brilliant day. The whole, the whole place of shots was out. We beat, we beat the Masters, Auchinleck in the Scottish Cup final. So we, you can't say it was a gimme. We beat the best team, the, the record holders. Um, you know, and and to be fair to Tommy and. His his players in his club they were magnanimous and and defeat and they were class you know they were really class days but I we we just had a great time at shots it, it just kind of culminated in winning that in the following season believe it or not you might find this strange to say it but we get beaten the semi final by Linlithgow Rose over two legs whose only defeat that season was in the final to Auchinleck I actually think the run the next season was even better than the run to win the cup with the teams we beat. We beat some phenomenal teams the next season. Actually, it was harder teams we beat the following season. But because we had that togetherness and team spirit, you know, it just, the boys were just at it all the time. They were great, great bunch of boys. But as David, as David says earlier about losing players, I lost, was it three players for that team senior? I think I lost Steph McCluskey. I can't no Brian Wharton stayed. It was maybe Steph McCluskey and Burnsy. I lost Steph to Clyde and I lost Burnsy to Queen's Park. And they deserved their moves. They they earned them. They were brilliant. And uh, I was delighted for them. But you've just got to replace them, you know, <laughs> just um you just go and do something else. And it might have been Andy Scott and Albin Rovers, I can't remember. Something like that. 
But um, I had a great group of boys. Great times, how, shots. How, um, on the back of all that, the, the great times, obviously, I, I mean, you, you left in April 2013, and I was quite interested when you, you mentioned about the the relegation set up in the West of Scotland League and how it's, you know, an awful decision. I know when you left shots, um, you'd had that one-year touchline ban and you kind of said that part of the reason for leaving was the, the archaic ways of the junior association back then. Um, I'll maybe come on to your, your thoughts about the difference in the associations now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, 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 but first of all, how, how kind of sickening was it to kind of, you know, almost having to leave on that basis, you know? It was sickening, Gareth. It was uh, the other side of it as well is that I'd been asked, I'd been offered two senior jobs, um, and what's happened is I couldn't take them. You know, so I, I, I was effectively, you know, appealed against it and won my appeal. And the time they they got the appeal and stuff like that, it went from supposedly, you know, a year's ban away down, ended up six games. <laughs> That's how ridiculous it was. I was, I was. I was banned in April, so I couldn't do my job. And then the time I got my appeal, they went through all the summer. They just mucked me about and eventually got my appeal September weekend, end of September. I won my appeal and the, the, the appeal decided that why are you banning this guy for a year? He gets sent off for the first time and you banned him for a year when really the junior laws were if you get banned, you were banned for a game. If you, if you get sent off twice, you get six games. If you get sent off a third time, you get 12. I get a year from my first sending off. So it was it was draconian. And uh, so it, when it came to the September, they, they said, right, we'll, we'll look at it at the next meeting. The next meeting was three weeks later, the end of October. And then the junior uh, FA says, aye, aye, right, so you'll need to be suspended for six games. And the six games took me up and I was in the Pollock job by Christmas. So it ended up, it was, a, it was a nonsense. I wouldn't have left shots if it was for that, if it was for that, unless I took one of the senior roles. But I couldn't take the senior job because of that. So, and what, what, were, just, what, were, you, what were you sent off for? Or what was their claim? That, I mean, what was their justification? You know, I, don't, I don't know if you remember, um, Gareth, but they brought in this crazy rule that, remember you had eight subs, seven subs, and you had... All, all your backroom staff, and they brought in this rule for I think one season or two seasons that if someone used foul and abusive language to the referee or the assistant, then the manager gets sent from the stand. <laughs> so what happened was one of my assistants gave a verbal volley to the lino. The ref came over and says, "You're in charge of the dugout. You're off." So I then get sent off. And uh, what actually happened was it was a Scottish Cup tie against Benburb. We were getting beat 1-0 and eventually we scored. I mean, we battered them and they were brilliant defensively. And we scored about six minutes to go, made it one each. And we scored a minute later, make it 2-1. In the very last minute of the game, they had done a big Hail Mary punt and it was rolling out the park and our boy was shielding it out of the park and the ref blew his whistle and our boy picked the ball up and our Benburb boy banjoed the player and knocked him out. So it was an all-out it was an all-out melee with both sets of players. And uh, just I mean I'd never seen anything like it if I'm honest with you. And Frank Frankie Lovern, he was a Benberg manager, he shouted me to say, Tony, gonna come on and get your boys off the pitch and stop this. Because he says I, I feel as if I'm 
doing it myself. So I come back onto the field of play, and that's what I get done for. I get done for coming back onto the field of play for splitting it up. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, I had to suck it up. It was a sore one to take. But thankfully, you know, I have never been sent off as a manager since then. So I'm very proud of my record as a manager in terms of winning stuff, developing players, in terms of, you know, my discipline as well. So um, I never since that day in uh, 2013 have I been sent off. So I'm doing all right, Anna. You, you, you mentioned, uh, well, I mentioned that one of the the quotes you said after that was that, you know, it was the archaic ways of the Juniors Association. Where do you stand on where we are now with the associations? I mean, based on, obviously you said it was an awful relegation decision, but are we in a better place? Miles, yeah. miles better. I mean, I never understood how you couldn't get a fixture list. Uh, it, it baffled me. Um, I remember I get fined um, 50 quid by the junior FA. Um, this is a crazy crazy one. We played Renfrew in the third game of the season in a 16-team in a league. And in the fourth league game of the season, we played Renfrew at home. And uh, I get asked by a reporter, just rightly so, aye, so who are you playing next week? Renfrew. I oh, know you've played them this week. I'll be playing them next week. And uh, the guy said to me, how's that? I says, I don't know. You'd have to ask the, the junior FA, but I don't understand how we're playing the same team back-to-back in a six-team team league. I get fined 50 quid for saying that. But <laughs> that, that that's how it was run before. It was a wee bit kangaroo court. But I think it's much more professional um, I think it's miles better run. Um, you know, the sponsorship of the league, the fact that you can get a fixture list, you can plan ahead, you know, you know your games, you know you're playing who you're playing next Saturday, you know who you're playing eight weeks in eight weeks' time, which is fantastic. And it's credit to, you know, Matt Bamford and, you know, your Kenny Young, your fixtures guys and stuff like that. But there was no rhyme or reason why you couldn't do that because if you think about it, you, you played one cup tie a month. So you say the third third Saturday in a month, right, that's a cup tie. You could at least schedule two league games a month and you had your league, league scheduled for the season. And if there was postponements, but they just had some crazy rules, didn't they? When If a Scottish cup tie got postponed, that took precedent. You know, there was teams pl- trying to play the same Scottish cup tie for 10 weeks and stuff like that, when really it was a bit madness. But I think with the facilities improving, you know, floodlights, whatever, You'll get midweek games, you'll get Friday night games, you know, and in the likes of in my business world, in my business life, you've got to keep up with the times. You've got to keep up with uh, changing trends in technology. You've got to keep up with changing trends in business. You know, you know, even daft things like you don't have to go to the office. You can work from home, you know, video conferencing. I'm big on technology and stuff like that. So there's no reason why the juniors couldn't do that. And it was a bit of a laughing stock, to be honest with you, with the old regime. But it's a breath of fresh air now. You know everything, you know, the media, the way it's socialised, um, in terms of the Twitter, you know, the, the Instagram, even the websites, miles more polished and professional. The people who do it, you know, it's, it's credit to all the clubs. I mean, most clubs now have got social media people that put out goal, Davy Menelos, you know, goal, you know, Gareth Law, whatever it is, you know, and, and they socialise that. There's polls online. I mean, it, it's really, really heartening to see that you're actually moving in a more professional environment. And the thing is as well, looking back, as you say with the old junior, Tony, nobody ever did 
any ground improvements, but all of a sudden since the West of Scotland, every probably team in the four divisions have done some sort of improvement to the right. ground, whether it's tidying it, painting it. And yep. as you said, it's because it's new and everybody wants to, to, to promote their sale, whereas going back in the juniors, you think, why wouldn't why was anybody ever doing that then? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't do I don't do Facebook and all that, right? Um, I, I'm on LinkedIn for my professional life. The only thing I do like is I like Twitter because you can catch up with the world and what 160 characters or whatever it is or 200 characters. But I did put a tweet out the weekend for the first time in a long time, and I actually complimented Darvel, and it was absolutely nothing to do with Cumnock winning at Darvel. It was. The improvement down at Darvel is phenomenal. The pitch, the pitch was as good as as good a surface as I've seen. Um, the facilities, the away changing room, the home changing room, the we stand, the hospitality suites, unbelievable, unbelievable what they've done at that club. The quality of player they've got, and and it's credit that for how long it is, whether Darvel go up, come not go up into the Lowland League. It's actually a privilege to play teams like that. Recently as well, you know, we've went to Clyde Bank. Fantastic, fantastic investment there. Um, other ones as well, you know, Auckland Lex pitch, they've got the floodlights. Their pitch is like a bowling green. You know, so teams are investing in the facilities. And if you want to do the licence, like Cumnock's got and Irvine Meadows got and Clyde Bank and Talbot have got, then you need to invest in the facilities as well. You can't just throw the money at the players. So there's a, a balancing act to be had there. You've got to invest in the infrastructure as well as invest in the team. And what that means, investment in the team could be developing players coming through or investing in terms of paying wages. If you're fortunate enough that you've got the licence and you've got the facilities, then you can you can kind of gear most of your finance towards the team. But there's a balancing act for a lot of teams now where they need to do it. I mean, fantastic news last week for Rob Roy. They get, that was them got the the OK to go ahead. So I'm delighted for them. They've had a tough gig. You know, Maxi and, and, and all the guys, that's great. Whenever you go down to Troon, I mean, their clubhouse, their dressing rooms, their pitch, tremendous. You know, you enjoy going down to Troon. You actually enjoy going to certain venues now. And you say, that's great. They've invested in their facilities. You're not going to substandard pitch and all that. You're going to actually good good pitches and good facilities. So I I think that's a brilliant thing that's happened in the last few years that clubs have woke up and started to invest in other things. Do you think as well because yourself and Cumnock, uh, sorry, yourself, Cumnock and Kilwinnan are, are kind of like now becoming a community hub? Is that where the clubs like usual generate the, the, the revenue to go and get the the floodlights, the better facilities, the community vibe, which brings the additional funding, X, Y, and Z. And do you think more clubs, i.e. down at down and the other divisions, will maybe look at that and think that's maybe the the the, the setup we want to be looking at, so we can uh, get that level. David. Absolutely, David. You know, I mean, what what's happened is it's what I would call a virtuous circle um, in terms of. Right, where do you want to go? So I wrote a club plan for Pollock. I wrote a club plan for Cumnock for five years. And within that plan was investment in the community, investment in the facilities, investment in the team. And what's happened is 
you can get certain grants from Sports Scotland. You can the big lottery fund that help it. But the first thing you need to do is you need to invest in your community. You need to invest in a community hub. You need to have. I mean, I don't know how many criteria there was. 192 criteria or something like that for the SFA license. But it covers everything. It covers everything from infrastructure through to you know the fun fours. And what's happened is you've got to tick all the boxes. Um, so to get that SFA license. So it's important that the community side of it is looked after um, in terms of making sure that it is a facility for the community. And if you can get that right, then you've got a pathway, a player pathway. Once you've got a pathway, and then you start to invest in coaching badges, it's not just a dad that likes football that's running the team, it's a proper coach that's developing players. And that pathway starts to go through from you know, fun fours into five-a-sides, into sevens, into nines, into elevens, into development teams, into the first team. Um, so, you know, it is the way to go. And and some teams have woke up to that earlier than others. Other teams haven't. Um, but that's there for everybody. You know, and the SFA are really good at helping you through that as well. You know, you've got guys like Danny Bisland and... Stuart McCaffrey and guys like that that are happy to help you walk your way through, you know, your, the criteria to get there. You, you can't bite the, the elephant in one bite. You know, you need to just take, bite it off, you know, at, at different stages, whether it's get the pitch right, get the, the, the academy right, get the development side right, get the floodlights right, get the, the infrastructure right. Then you, you start to commit to the team. But it, it is a virtuous circle. And if you get it right, it's fantastic. Hi, my name is Jamie Nesbitt, manager of Thornwood United, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Now Pete's back again with the rest of last week's results. The Highland League. Borough Rangers 2, Bucky Thistle 0. Clashnacudden 2, Devonvale 3. For Martin United, 5, Huntley, 1. Forest Mechanics, 1, Tariff United, 1. Fort William, 3, Inverary Locals, 10. Lossiemouth, 2, Keith, 0. Nairn County, 1, Brecon City, 3. Strasbury Thistle, 1, Rothes, 4. Wick Academy, 2, Fraserburgh, the Midlands League Skin Thistle now Bretty Athletic 10 And now the Quest Engineering Cup first round 4 for West End 1 4 for United 1 4 for United 1 3 2 and penalties Wetham 1 Dundee North End 3 And now the Quest Engineering Cup second round Beacon Victoria 2, Dundee Downfield, 4, Dundee Violet, 3, Blair Gowrie, 0, Kerry Muir Thistle, 7, Cooper Angus, 0, Lockie United, 4, Dundee East Craigie, 5, Tayport, 2, Arbroath Victoria, 0. The North Caledonian League, Loch Ness, 2, Orkney, 0. North Caledonian Football Times Cup first round Golfsby Sutherland 3 Inverness Athletic 
3 St. Ruthus nil, Holkirk United 4 Invergordon 3 Allness United 4 Thurzo 4 Bonner Bridge 1 The North Region 1st Division Fraserburgh United 1 Dufftown 2 And now the North Region Junior FA Regional Cup 1st Round Bookenhaven Hearts 2 Forest Thistle 1 Aberdeen East End 6 Barrowhead Thistle 1 Bankery St Terranen 2 Sunnybank 2 Sunnybank 1 5 4 and penalties Banks over D 15 Isla Vale 0 Pruden Bay 1 Colony Park 2 Dice 3 Cooter 1 Maud 0 Stonywood Park Vale 5 Nairn St Ninian 3 Vigilodan Thistle 2 Newmacker United 7 Hall Russell United 2 Rothy Rovers 3 Aberdeen University 0 Stonehaven 20 New Elgin 0 Whitehills 3 Devonside 2 And lastly the Grill League Cup Ellen United 1 Longside 3 The South of Scotland League Lochar Thistle now Creek Town 1 My name's Chris Strain and I'm the Cowan Rangers manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. You mentioned after you left shots and then you won your appeal. It wasn't long before you were back in the dugout. Um, you went into Pollock. Uh, bit of a kind of a topsy-turvy to start with. Relegation in your first season, I think, in charge. And then you won the Super First Division. Lost the, the Junior Cup final to beat on penalties in 2016. Uh, following season, as you mentioned earlier, uh, ended the club's 17-year wait to lift the West of Scotland Cup after the shootout win over, ironically, Cumnock. Um, how did you look back on your time there? Loved my time at Pollock. Um, went in, inherited a tough gig, um, an ageing team. Um, didn't have many games to play. Um, out Scottish, out the West, out, out the Cups, you know... There was a lot of apathy about the place, but you know we we, we got something going, um, and just built upon that, and that that was really down to the players. You know we were in the first division and had players of the quality of David Winters and Kevin Bradley and Paul Gallagher and Jordan Longmuir and Gary Wilds and stuff like that. You know real quality players, and uh, you know and we built upon that, and then we just improved player by player. Um, had a great time at Pollock. I, I, I really don't know. I know we get beat in the Scottish Cup final to a penalty to Bees, and I know Clyde Bank beat us in a, a, a Cup final, but I think we won five, six trophies. Um, even in times, League League Cups, West of Scotland, and got to the Cup final. You know, so it was a great time at Pollock. You know, it's a it's a great club. It's a great club, great support. You know. Where it's situated, it's easier to attract players. Um, you know, to believe it or not, they've not got the biggest budget in the world, Pollock. And but what they do is they they give you they give you what they've got, 
you know, whatever the budget is, they, they'll give you that, you know, and, and there's a great committee behind it, you know, so that that was great. But as I say, you're only as good as your players. And uh, we were fortunate that, you know, we reached every, I mean, one of, one of the statisticians, I think it's Martin Donnelly or Mark Donnelly, the two brothers, but one of them told me I was the first manager since, I think, the 80s that had got to all the cup finals. And I, I didn't realise that, you know, given the great managers, you know, Rab Snedden and Ronnie Lowry and stuff like that, I didn't realise that, Jim O'Donnell. But, you know, I'd got to the West, the two League Cups, the Scottish, the Evening Times, within, I think, three years, it was the fastest to do it. But, aye, we were just lucky, you know, we, we had great players and I'd rather be lucky than good, you know. So, um, aye, so fortunate to win things and just to add to, to all the stuff I won at, at at shots and obviously two promotions at Lanark as well. So, I just um, great times, great times, you know, great experiences playing, you know, in cup finals and big crowds there. And, you know, although I played against other teams, you know, going through to Bonnie Rig Rose was a highlight, winning 5 0. They were the East of Scotland Kingpins, Robbie Horn, they were a brilliant team. We beat them 5 0. You know, go, going to places and winning and that winning feeling when you when you win at Pollock's great and uh, winning trophies and celebrating down at the Quake and stuff like that with great players and, and great supporters and really good people, you know, like God rest them, Franny, uh, Franny McNeil and John Tiger Shaw and, you know, guys like Stuart McDonald and Ian McFarlane and stuff like that were always really good to me. And then you've got the kit man that was there, Del Lothian, who's, you, you know, Del, he's a character and Great guy to have about the place. He's uh, such a committed volunteer to Pollock, and that's his team, and he gives his heart and soul. And you want to win things for those people. And uh, I, but, you know, great times. I, as I say, I've been really fortunate, Gareth, that the, the teams that I've managed, they've been brilliant for me. You know, Cumbernauld, one season there, done really well. Two promotions at Lanark, quarterfinals of Scottish, semis of the West. You know, stuff like that, and then you go to shots and you win League Cups and Leagues and promotions and Scottish Cups, and then you win other things at, at, at Pollock. It's brilliant times. You know, I was just lucky that I was at good clubs. I forgot you were at Cumbernauld. I'm sure I trained up there when I was at Cumbernauld. <laughs> <laughs> Under you. I was you. a young manager. I was there. Uh, exactly. Job you are. Took a, I just <laughs> took a punt on me, and I, I'm uh, always grateful for that. And every time I see him, I, I, I enjoy his company, and he's a great guy, George Watson. And... Uh, you know, and he, he's good partner and all that, and he, you know, and he, and I'll never forget him giving me that opportunity. You know, I was fortunate he gave me the opportunity, cut my teeth, and the good thing I'll tell you one thing, Gareth and David, about cutting my teeth away from the spotlight, away. See, like, say what Derek's doing at, at Kirkluck and Bells Hill. Don't underestimate it, David, because you make mistakes. You'll make loads of mistakes as a manager, and when you get into the top league, the room for error is much less. You've got to be on the ball. You've got to be at it. You've got to have your team prepared right, because teams are looking at you, they're scouting you. You're on YouTube, they're on your VO, you're on everything. You can't hide from it, so you've got to be on the money. But whereas if you're away from the spot like like I was at Lark and Shots, you can make loads of mistakes, bad signings, bad team selections wrong formations, set up wrongly, whatever it is, you know. But 
go and cut your teeth and make mistakes. And then when you come to the top league, then your margin for error is less and you're, you're more focused because, you know, you, you can't go in against Tommy Sloan, Dan Henderson, Chris Strain, Mick Kennedy. You know, you can't go in against these guys not being prepared. Gordon Moffat's, you cannot. If you go in unprepared, you're tucked away. Tucked away. And you bring out the folder. I keep a wee note myself, you know. Uh, exactly. I'm quite meticulous as a manager as well. I've got a wee book that I keep good players in and I go and revisit it. Um, I'm very meticulous in terms of who we play against and why and who the... And I've got, like, I do my own scouting report after every Sunday I write down what I, I learned for the game. Um, and then that makes me prepare for the next week. And then the theme of the training for the following week is what we didn't do well on the Saturday or what we did do well and we enhance that. Or if the theme of the training the next week, if we've not kept the ball well, we'll, we'll focus on possession. If it's crossing and finishing, if it's defending our own box, whatever it is. And we'll make that the theme for the following week for the boys to make a team improvement for the next game. Um, and then, you know, we'll get one night where we'll potentially shape up what we're going to play them against the next game. And everything's in, in moved on, say, back in the day when we played when it was just put the cones out and run. <laughs> <laughs> put the cones out and run. Uh, exactly. As fast as you can. Exactly, you know what I mean? <laughs> Are you yeah. mother gingerbread, man? Uh, exactly, I think so. <laughs> Tony, we, we, we talked about things kind of stinging the way you left shots. Did it sting as well? Sort of the way or the timing when you left Pollock. I think you were two months short of five years uh, when when you left. Was that did that? It seemed like it came out the blue. Yeah, no, it was disappointing, you know, to leave the club. But you know, every manager's got a shelf life, Gareth. You know, and there comes a point when you say, "Have I done everything I could? I've put my heart and soul into it." You know, and then it's time to move on. And you know. <laughs> You'll very rarely get a Tommy Sloan 14 years. You know, I, I, I'm i looking round about. I mean, I think Stuart Maxwell's done a number of years at Rob Roy, if I'm right to say. Um, you know, but if you look at the teams, you, you don't have a big... I mean, it's even it's even the way in this, the, the, the elite level, it's very rarely that, that you get an Alex Ferguson now, you know. you Because what's happened is you... Believe it or not, it is semi-professional football. It does take up a lot of your time. You've got family, you've got, you know, mother, father, daughters, sons, you know, brothers, sisters, aunties, uncles. You've got to see. You've, you've got a lot. You've got. There's a lot of time is expanded, expended at the football. You've also got your professional life, but you also need to have downtime as well. And what's happened is. When you're bang at it with your professional life and you're bang at it with your football life and you're bang at it with your family life, you do get burnt out. You do get burnt out. And and what's happened is I'm sure if you speak to every manager, they, they have periods where they are burnt out. And sometimes you wish you could just go away and get some sun in your back for four or five days and then come back refreshed and you're good to go again. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. We are where we are. And... And what's happened is I'm sure if you speak to every manager, you know, at some point, that's why I've got massive respect and massive, um, you know, kudos to my fellow managers because I know what they're going through. It's hard. It's, it is a tough gig. 
My name is John McEwen, manager of Short Spawn Accord, and you're listening to Down the Division. And now it's time for Mark Mackay to tell us who is this week's Best of the West. Last week saw Luger Boswell Thistle from the West of Scotland Football League go head-to-head with Wigton from the South of Scotland Football League in the South of Scotland Challenge Cup. The game was played at Rosebank Luger. With zero points so far in the West of Scotland Football League this season, Luger secured a massive 6-2 victory in this cup tie. A Lockery double, Daniel Rocks, Andy Reid, Mark Doolan and Jordan Henry also on the score sheet. Luger will be hoping with an away trip to Girvan this Saturday that this could kickstart their season. Hi, I'm Ross Wilson, manager of Mary Hill, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Before we finish up, we'll clear up the Down the Divisions decider. This week, I'm looking for the club that has won the Junior Cup twice. One of those wins coming in front of 23,000 fans at Celtic Park. Uh, They also beat Celtic 4-2 in the first round of the Scottish Senior Cup in the 1896-97 season. Uh, They're playing at the third ground with the same name. And former players include Clutha firefighting hero Frank McKeown. Right, who's going to go first here? I've, I've, I've literally got no idea. Where's Frank Faith, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a Glasgow boy, Frank McHugh. <laughs> I, I am. A, Glasgow's a big area. Which what, what, what side? <laughs> he was a centre half. Aye, so he played for Atherley. Aye. Um, I, I, I'm going to have a stab. I don't think it's right. But I'm going to have a stab at Stunra. Okay. Davey, you going to have a stab at anybody? Junior Cup. Mr. Man, the Junior League, will they not? Um, I'll just go with somebody like uh, Vela Clyde. Right, well, actually, Tony, you've mentioned them about half a dozen times on the show tonight. You've even mentioned one of their cup final wins, I think, tonight. And you've just actually mentioned them when you're talking about Frank and you've just said who he played for. Uh-huh. It's Arthur Lee. Oh, you're kidding, is it? <laughs> They won the the junior cup. I was cup. thinking, uh, uh, all right. So I, I was thinking higher up, but I Frank Arthurley. I was going to say Arthurley, and I thought no, <laughs> it's a team higher up. No, it's SPFL League one all the way down. So they they won the junior cup in 1937 in front of oh. the 23,000 at Celtic Park. Uh, they won in 1998, as you mentioned earlier, and they're at the third Dunterley Park. They've moved around, uh, but they've kept the same name. So there we go. Franco played for Mark Cameron, who's who's in with me at Cumnock. In fact, Franco signed uh, Frank ah. McKeown. But, uh, aye, great lad, great lad, Franco. He's a, uh, aye, he's a good laugh, good guy. So he is. Tony, we we, we uh, appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Really enjoyed your chat and uh, hearing about Cumnock and your career and everything. And <laughs> obviously, wish you the best for the rest of the season. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on and great to catch up with David again. You know, it's been a long time, too long. And uh, thanks for inviting me on the show, Gareth. This has been a pleasure. Oh, likewise. And that's probably the least you've heard Davey speak in two hours, is it? <laughs> Correct. Uh, <laughs> listen, that's what it is. You know, you've got, you've got to let the guests get the, the, the main uh, 80% of the show. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do want to be- 
when we played the gallery, burnt my ears off. My ears have just regrown, you know. It's not that much. Davey, thanks for sitting in this week as well. And uh, Paul will have big shoes to fill now when he comes back. You've got the jersey this week, Davey? Correct. Well, you've upgraded Stuart and Miller to me, so you can't even be far uh, better off than that, surely. (laughs) You've got Uh, to keep him in the show, Gareth. You've got to keep him on. <laughs> the, fans, the fans will be clamouring now, aren't they? <laughs> well, Tony's just lucky. Hopefully, Kermit don't draw Bell Shaw come on and score. That do, that just be all he needs. That wouldn't be worth living. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks again to our sponsors, right. 44 Creative. Go to www.44creativehq.com if you're looking for a photographer, graphic designer, videographer or video editor. And don't forget, you can get in touch with us with your comments or suggestions for people to speak to, or if you'd like your club's audio featured on the show. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Do leave a comment, which helps others find us, and subscribe to get alerts when our latest episode is released. We'll be back next Friday on Down the Divisions. Down the Divisions.